0: 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. Are you glad you're saved today? I need to hear from more of you. Are you glad you're saved? Amen. 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 Look at what he did for us in 2 Corinthians 5, 21. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now, in order to understand who he and him is, you have to read the entire chapter. But for the sake of the argument, I'll tell you who he and him is. For he, God, hath made him, Jesus, to be sin for us. Who knew no sin, who knew no sin? Jesus knew no sin. That we, who's we? Us, might be made the righteousness of God in him. Basically means we had no ability to receive righteousness in our own power and in our own merit. It took someone standing instead of us or in the place of us for us to find reconciliation and find redemption and righteousness. And his name is Jesus. I know you may have a testimony like me. Some of you may have a testimony like mine and I won't bore you with all the details because you've heard it so many times. A lot of you can tell my own testimony, but I think everyone should know if something happened to me today, you have no doubt that I'm saved and on my way to heaven, amen? I was raised in church. This is all I've ever known. And so uh, I I don't, I'm I'm not saying that in a negative way. I say that in a positive way. God has kept me from a lot of things over the years. But as a five-year-old boy, on September the 6th, 1981, I gave my heart to Jesus. As my good friend Mike Blanton says, I ain't always been what I should have been, but I ain't what I was. So that means I have made some mistakes. I have sinned since the time I was saved. And if you say you haven't sinned since the time you were saved, then you need to hit the altar because you just lied and you just did sin. Amen, we all make mistakes. We all, we all have to ask for repentance every now and again and ask God to help us and forgive us as we go along this journey. But I never forget the day when Jesus came into my life and saved me as a young child. And so this is all I've ever known. But see, sometimes us that's uh, been raised in church and and the, the, the church pew was our bed most of the time, uh, you know, and we fall asleep under the church pews, nothing wrong with that, but... Uh, But uh, this is all I've ever known. And sometimes, though, you can get in the habit and you know all the vocabulary. You know when to raise your hand. You know the language. And many times, kids that grow up in church never have a real experience with God because they just are born into it and they kind of go along with the motions but they have never asked the Lord personally to come into their life and be saved. So I want to go on record this morning and tell you, I remember the day that the Lord saved me. I remember a time when he came into my heart. Now I didn't love God at five years old like I love him now because he's been He's been really good to me in all these years. But I tell you what, I you know why I got saved? I didn't want to go to hell. I was scared to go to hell. The preacher, my Uncle Gary, by the way, was preaching that night on a Sunday night and he was preaching about hell. And boy, it was hot. I could feel the flames burning my little five-year-old feet. But thank God on the second verse is just as I am. I came out and I remember those gathered around me. You say you remember that all those 30 some years ago? I absolutely do. When the God of heaven gets into something that small, you're gonna notice the difference and you're gonna notice the change. So I just wanna tell you, by the way of introduction. I'm glad I'm saved. I'm glad God changed my life. I'm glad he was made righteousness so I can have an entrance into heaven. You all remember the day you had a head-on collision with God? You remember the day when you had to make the decision, I'm going to serve God, or I'm going to go the other way, and aren't you, some of you, you may have went the other way for a while, but eventually the Holy Spirit and the convicting power of God caught up with you, and you said, let me, you like Jacob in the wrestling with God in the wilderness. I'm not going to let you go till you bless me, and some of you know what it means to have a head-on collision with God, and he changed you. You remember the day the Lord saved you. You remember the time when he came into your life and changed you. Aren't you're thankful that someone took your place on the cross of Calvary. There had to be one price that had to be paid, and that price was the shedding of blood for the remission of sin, and it had to be a perfect spotless lamb. Up until Jesus, every year, they would sacrifice lambs, and those lambs came without blemish, but every single year they had to do it all over again. But thank God, the book of Hebrews tells us, when these things were thus ordained, Christ being a high priest of greater things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands that is to say not of this building neither with the blood of goats and calves but by his own blood entered once into the holy place I feel the Lord this morning having obtained eternal redemption for us all Jesus became sin so we would not know sin and that's shouting ground that's enough for someone to be saved this morning thankful for the victory already here at this altar But I'm sure there's more that need to know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you're ready to go to heaven. And if you're not ready, you can come right now. We can pray for you. Wouldn't that be wonderful? It would be. Mind the Lord today. If you need Jesus, come right now and ask the Lord to save you. I'm telling you, you'll never get over the change that he makes in your life. Paul said, God made Jesus to be sin for us. He was made sin. He willingly, uh, he willingly laid his life down. Some of you wouldn't even, some of you wouldn't even think about giving your life. As parents, we would ultimately say, would you give your life for your spouse? Absolutely. Would you give your life for your kids? Absolutely. Somebody else said, would you give your life for my kids? I don't know if I'd do that. God said, son, I want you to give your life for everyone that's gonna reject you, for everyone that's gonna spit in your face, for those that's gonna pull your beard, for those that's gonna stick a sword in in your side, I want you to die for them. And Jesus said, oh Lord, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. But I'm glad he went on a little bit further. And he said, nevertheless, Not my will, but thy will be done. Aren't you thankful? He said, thy will be done. He was made sin. And it shows us how we can be changed and how God, when he comes in, makes a a difference and makes a change in our life. So the change that happens in our life. and, And we can, folks, you don't have to look very far to see what God uses and what he uses and how he uses things to show us how he can change us. The book of Job teaches us and, 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 and I, I know I'm getting into dangerous territory here this morning because our pastor is the authority on nature sermons, am I right? I mean, he can preach from an ant to a caterpillar to a butterfly. I mean, it's, um, he is, uh, who's that guy on, on the, that talks to the animals? He's the, He's that guy. Dr. Doolittle, right? can raise Dr. Doolittle of, of preaching. So I know I'm entering in dangerous territory today, but I, I want to show you how God, jo, Job teaches us that we can look at the fowls of the air and they will teach us. We can look at the fishes of the sea and, and we can study them and they will, they will tell us of the power of God. See, Romans chapter one gives us a beautiful scripture people always ask and it seems like those that are too smart for their own good they'll say well what about people that haven't heard the gospel then Jesus can't come back until they hear the gospel Romans gives us the answer to that it tells us that all they have to do is look around them and see God's creation and they are without excuse the Bible says so the creation will teach us and tell us a few weeks ago our, a couple months ago, rather, me and my family, we, and we took Olivia with us, and, and we went down to, uh, we went on vacation, went to Hilton Head, and you know us Christians, we go to the coast. We don't go to the beach. No, I'm, I'm kidding. No, we went to the beach. I don't care. <laughs> so we went, we went to the Hilton Head, had a great time, and so while we were down there, it, it, uh, they came up with, its, they, they, they were discussing, let's, let's go on a kayak tour. So, a, and, and it wasn't just a kayak tour, by the way. It was a dolphin kayak tour because you are guaranteed to see dolphins. I found out later they raise them at that place. So, it's, a, you are absolutely going to see a dolphin because they don't leave. <laughs> see how they get you? They just reel you in. So, a kayak tour, right? I said, you know what, that's, that's, that's fine, let's do that. So we found, found a good deal and we, so they had different times and it, it you know, back at that time, it was, it was July, so it was hot, it didn't matter what time of day it was, where you were at in, the, in this country, in Alaska, it was 140 degrees, you know, it was so hot. I said, we better do it early in the morning because if we don't, we are gonna roast. So we're gonna roast anyway, but we better do it early in the morning. So. Who else likes to get up at 6.30 in the morning to go on a kayak tour on vacation? Hey, I didn't, but anyway, I went anyway because it's quality time with the family. So so we got there. (laughs) FYI, husbands, wives, if you want to stay married, get yourself each a kayak. (laughs) Don't be messing around with this double kayak stuff. We've already done that and we near on got a divorce before the vacation was over a few years ago. And you think I'm lying, intense moment of fellowship because, oh, it sounds like a great idea. We're gonna save money, but guess what? The wife don't kayak. She just sits there with her phone and takes pictures while you're back here going, oh, look at the dolphin. I'd like to look at it, but I'm busy. so we made, we made the wise decision to get single kayaks so that's what we did we got there and, and I'm, I, this is it's humorous story but I'm just kind of want to relive and just make, help bring you into my world 8 o'clock it was hot we get out here on this little bay and we're going around And we got a great tour guide he's really funny he was making things interesting he said hey you guys are in luck said, we want to see dolphins. I was like, yeah, we know. <laughs> and uh, But it's low tide. So you're going to get to see a lot of this area, this nature that we normally don't see during high tide in the middle of the afternoon. So you're going to get to see a lot of our ecosystem and how things are important. So we go around a little bit and we get up on the shore and he said, put your hands in that mud. And I was like, yippee. <laughs> so I did it and pulled out all these little snails were running around my hand and said, now, just hum. And when you started humming, they started moving because it was really cool. And so these are important because if these snails weren't here, then the birds couldn't eat them and blah, 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 you know, something about ecosystem and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I was like, great. So he's like, so let's go around the corner. And uh, so we're heading around the corner and all of a sudden, this smell, stink would say that stinks, you know? (laughs) That's how bad it was. It was awful. And I turned the corner and Ryan, you got that picture? Sorry, I didn't give you a warning, buddy. I want I want it was like that. It was beautiful. It was, uh, (laughs) we went, yeah, there it is. That's what we saw. Thank you. Turn around and that's what we saw. Anybody know what that is? If you heard the message before, don't say it. Oysters, yes, that's what they are. That's, that's an oyster bed. And he said, that's, that's what that smell is. And then he, then he went on to say, and you all eat those. And I'm like, not this fella. Maybe if they're wrapped in bacon, I would. Oysters. And so he begins to tell us the importance of these Oysters. And the whole time he's telling me all this information, inside the little spiritual doodads are are just... And so I did my own research. Remember, I told you the fowls of the air, the fishes of the sea, they can teach us how God can change us. Three things real quick about these oysters. I want you to notice the purification of oysters. Now remember... He, God, made him, Jesus, sin for us. That means he took on sin so that we wouldn't have to, right? You know why these oysters smell so bad? And he said, these are vitally important to this ecosystem. If the oysters were not here, the grass wouldn't be green. The water wouldn't be pretty. And I said, what do you mean the water? It's it's brown. He said, oh no, it's not. He said, that's just the bottom you're seeing. The water's clear. You're just seeing the bottom. I said, what do you mean? He said, put your water bottle in there. So I did. And I'm telling you, the family was there. The water looked muddy. But I put my water bottle in, brought it out. It was clear as crystal. He said, you know why that water's clear? It's those oysters. He said, the oysters purify the water. They take out all the impurities. He said, in fact, one oyster can purify 50 gallon of water a day. And he said, there's a reason why the oysters are here and the reason why we keep them here. Even though they're unsightly, even though they're ugly, even though they are smelly and muddy, there's a reason why they're here because if it were not for them, the water wouldn't be pure. And I began to get just the spiritual doodad started jumping on the inside and I found out some more. And and I said, and I thought to myself, why, how do they purify? And then I found out the Virginia Institute of the Marine biology tells us this, that the, Oysters take on themselves all the bacteria, all the mud, all the dirt, all the negative they take it upon themselves and purify it and the water that comes out of them is pure and clean. They take on the dirt so we don't have to get in the dirt. Aren't you thankful that Jesus Christ was made sin so we wouldn't have to be made sin? Oh, we deserve it. Oh, we're nothing but we're nothing but dust. We're nothing in the sight of God but I'm thankful even though we deserve death we deserve the penalty he took it for us yeah. he who knew no sin became sin that we might be made the righteousness of God they take on the bacteria the purification but notice the protection the protection they were telling us of a you got that other picture um, Ryan? they were telling us of a lady that was uh, Uh, yeah, zoom in on that a little bit, but if you can, thank you. So that's a little bit more detailed of these oysters. They were telling us of a lady that was getting off the shore one day on another tour, and she slipped and fell on these bed of oysters and it severed a finger. And so you think these, these, these are living, by the way, this is a living organism. It's a living animal. And so, It has, you would think just by looking at it, there's no way it can protect itself from predators, but it can. It uses itself to protect itself because those oysters are sharp. That's why that lady was severed her finger. It's because the oysters are sharp, they're hard. And when you fall on them, when animals come to attack them, they get cut because it's sharp. Let me run over that one more time. Let's think with spiritual, (laughs) let's think with our spiritual imagination if you will. When it comes to defending Jesus, we don't have to defend him, he defends himself. Amen. But doesn't the Bible say that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God? And we know that He's talking about Jesus because John one fourteen says He was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. And so the Book of Hebrews tells us that the Word, who's the Word, Jesus, is quick and powerful, sharper than any two edged sword. Oh, I got, I got, I got some advice for you all those of you that will be in these last days you will need to be apologetic and by I'm not meaning being sorry I mean you need to know what you believe in you need to know what you stand for but there's going to come people that are so obstinate and they're agnostic and they're atheists and they're trying to trip you up my advice is never defend Christ with your opinion always defend Christ with Christ always use the word to defend. Why? Because Satan can't stand it when the word is presented to him. When Jesus was in the wilderness and he was tempted of Satan, every time, three times, he came come to him. Every time, he used the word to defend himself. Hallelujah. I'm thankful. I don't have to stand on my own knowledge or my own ability. I can always go back to the sword of the spirit and it'll defend itself. Amen. You'll waste a lot of time and waste a lot of breath if you try to defend the Word of God or defend your faith with your opinion. Use the Word every time because it's something you can stand on. The purification, the protection. Notice real quickly here the placement. The placement. By the way, the oysters that we eat, if you eat oysters, if you like them, those aren't them by the way. <laughs> they actually harvest and, and they have oyster beds that they make. They put them in cages and protect them. If you like those things, you can eat snot all you want. that's fine. <laughs> I'll stick with crab legs and hey man I'm, I'm getting hungry i'm sorry. I'm, Pulling a Mike Blanton on us here real quick. So, the placement. Did you know an oyster don't need another oyster to reproduce? It can produce other oysters within itself. Jesus Christ don't need anybody else. (laughs) It's him, him alone we move and have our being and out of one came many and so when these oysters are are hatched into larvae and when they're when they're newly born again think about what Jesus did for us think about being a babe in Christ when these larvae what they're swimming around and they swim Below the water column, and they're in the middle of this water column. And for several days, they'll just swim around. You know what they're doing? They're trying to find a place to live. They have all these options in the ocean that they could live. But you know what they do, Adrian? They find a rock. and they swim around until they find a rock and they attach themselves to the rock and from that rock they're able to get their nutrients they're able to get their firm foundation so that they can grow and you want to know the amazing thing there was a a property around Hilton Head the gentleman was telling us and everything around it, around this property, the grass was dying, the vegetation was dying. They were right on the ocean. It was a beautiful property. And they had called all kinds of landscapers and stuff trying to figure out what was wrong. And they finally found the right person and told him, you know why all your vegetation is dying, your water's awful? You know what? around here it's just terrible? Because you got rid of the oysters. So if you got oysters, even though they look awful, in reality, you need them to make your property beautiful and to make a difference in this property, you need oysters. So you know what they do? They'll go in and they'll take these, zoom back out, buddy. They'll take these oysters and they'll take large amounts of oysters and just just dig them up and they'll go to the property and just put them down and he said what do they do they start making an impact wherever they're placed <laughs> and I said how do you plant oysters do you dig them up like corn and just throw them in there what do you do I said no you just take them up as a bunch and you put them on the ground and they'll do the rest they'll find a rock <laughs> And they'll attach themselves and start to grow and they'll start to make an impact on that property so before too long that entire property is turned upside down vision you know vision you can see the difference that it's made all because the oyster was placed in the right spot when we are saved when God saves us and we begin a new life in him Doesn't it feel like sometimes you're just swimming around enjoying the presence of God? But then there comes a time when we gotta find a place where we can be planted. And number one, we gotta plant ourselves on the rock, on Jesus. Being aware we can find a refuge and a place where we can grow, right here, the house of God. And sometimes God allows our people and our young people and Middle aged, and sometimes they have to move away. Sometimes they have to go other places. But instead of maybe being upset that they have to go, maybe we can just paint this picture. Maybe God's just digging them up and putting them in a new place to make an impact for Him. I'm glad I'm saved. I'm glad God made a difference in my life. And I'm glad we can learn from these oysters the change that he can make.